afternoon, everyone. I am Tim Phillips, president of Americans for Prosperity. Thank you for joining us for another of our Facebook Live grassroots events with you across the country. I'm coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona today. We're out here building the grassroots in this great state, very competitive state. Uh, and we have a special guest uh, that Tori Venable, our Tennessee Americans for Prosperity director is going to introduce. Tori, take it away. Thanks so much, Tim. And thank you all so much for joining us. You know, we have a steady policy champion and Senator Marsha Blackburn. And I actually, Team Tennessee, we're up here at the state capitol working at the legislature right now. But I happen to have my deputy, James Amundsen, here with me. And he's got a longstanding relationship with the senator. So I I wanted to give you the opportunity to introduce the senator from the great state of Tennessee. Well, thank you, Tori. And I really do consider it an honor. Uh, senator Blackburn has actually been representing me uh, for over 20 years, despite the, you know, uh, the fact that she's so young. Um, but you know, ever <laughs> since she was in the state legislature as my state senator, uh, fighting the tough fight uh, when we had a very popular Republican governor proposing a state income tax, she stood front and center and defended the best interests of uh, Tennessee taxpayers uh, way back when. And, uh, you know, she continued that fight uh, during her tenure uh, as the uh, seventh district congressional representative for the state of Tennessee. She did that for many years before uh, becoming our state uh, senator or our U.S. senator uh, representing uh, the entire state. So it is a privilege for me to uh, introduce uh, Senator uh, Marsha Blackburn. And uh, Senator, I want to start off the questions by, uh, you know, reiterating the fact that you are no stranger to a tough fight. And you definitely uh, fought uh, well for uh, every American when you opposed the $1.9 trillion uh, coronavirus relief package that the, uh, uh, the, the Congress just passed. Uh, what does that really mean for us right now? When you look at this package that they passed, what you know is about 9% of that package went to actually something that was COVID related 91% went into the Democrat wish list. This is something that they're going to use to expand their grip on um, your freedoms and basically taking those freedoms away. When you have money in there for art, for humanities, for transportation, and then there is money in there for $350 billion that is going to go for the Biden blue state bailout. And they have changed the formulary on how this money is used. And Tory was on the conservative coalition call with me this morning. And we talked about this. You know what the states are saying, look, all this money is going to go to New York, it's going to California and Illinois, and then to the blue cities like San Francisco and Chicago and New York City, because they changed the formulary not to population, but they changed it to your unemployment rate. The higher that unemployment rate is, the more money you're gonna get. What does that do? It rewards these mayors and governors that have kept their states in lockdown, that have not been trying to help their people get back to freedom and prosperity. So that is in this bill You've also got the largest expansion of Obamacare ever, ever. And today, it was 11 years ago today that Obamacare actually went into work. And they started launching 
everything around Obamacare. Also, here's a real kicker that should get everybody upset. If you're a federal employee and your children are not in school and you need to stay home and look after those kids because the teachers unions aren't going back to the classroom, then what they have embodied in this bill is a 15-week paid vacation for federal workers so they can stay home and take care of their kids. So 91% of the money goes to other than COVID. 9% actually goes to dealing with COVID, getting shots in arms, getting vaccine manufactured out to the states. Yeah, and I tell you, I was really impressed by and, and, and proud that every Republican in the United States Senate voted no on that boondoggle. Good for the caucus, good for them. You know, it's a, it's a widely varied caucus from uh, across this country. And, and Senator Blackman, I was really impressed. And I think a lot of Americans, a lot of conservatives were like, good for them. And in the House, it was the same way. Uh, I, I, I saw Kevin McCarthy and I said, good, good for the House Republicans and Senate. The bad news is already, already Biden is now saying, well, we have a follow-up. It's going to be, let's call it an infrastructure bill that'll really have a, a bunch of the Green New Deal ideology crammed into it, trillions more in spending. And this time we understand, Senator, that they're going to have tax increases in this next package. Do you have some intel, a sense of what they're talking about and what the time frame is uh, for this next assault on, on America's economy and freedoms? Yeah, they're looking at doing this uh, around the end of May. And you're right, it is an assault on our freedoms. Uh, what we're hearing about that they are wanting to do is calling it an infrastructure bill. And if you believe the Green New Deal, uh, free junior college education, universal pre-K, money going to schools, then what you've got is a bill that is uh, going to be infrastructure, a new definition. Get, you, get out your uh, dictionary and mark through the existing definition because it's changing. But there, and here's a marker, Tim. Uh, last year, when we did a the Senate pull together an infrastructure bill, the thing ended up being $325 billion. There was part of it that came through us at Commerce, part went through banking, and uh, then you also had part of it through EPW, $325 billion that would have been for infrastructure. That actually included broadband expansion, roads, bridges, broadband. Now they're talking about $3 trillion, which tells you again, you look at what would have been a five-year infrastructure bill. Over here, you got $300 billion. But by the time Chuck and Nancy start running the numbers off that credit card, what is going to happen? You're at $3 trillion. I mean, these people, they've gone crazy with the credit card. They think they can just keep spending, 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 and nobody's going to notice. 
Well, that really brings me to the next question, Senator Blackburn. You know, the filibuster is what many Americans are counting on to stop a lot of these bad policies from hitting us at the state level. So what's it look like? What are you hearing? Is the filibuster going to hold? Are, are they going to be able to overturn it and get the Democrat wish list for all the different spending bills that they're trying to do? What are you hearing and what can we do to make sure that that holds? Well, a couple of questions in that, Tori. And first of all, the filibuster, we are holding these, a couple of Democrats that have said they're going to oppose it. We're saying, keep the pressure on. Uh, people that are in West Virginia or Arizona, they need to be contacting their Senator and saying, Manchin, hold on. We want the filibuster. Same thing for cinema in Arizona. And we need to keep the pressure on them. Next, I think it's important to contact people across the country. Contact all of your representatives and your senators, whether they are Democrat or Republican, and say, we need to keep the filibuster in the Senate and weigh in on this. Now, another thing that we're doing is kind of talking about filibusted and reminding these Democrats what they were saying when the Republicans were in charge, how important it was to keep the filibuster. Could we have changed it? Of course we could have. Did we do it? No, we did not because it's important that we have that time of debate in the Senate. So you're going to see a little bit more activity come up around this as we remind people. And I would encourage all of those that are working with AFP to further our conservative principles, send what we are doing to your friends and neighbors. Uh, you can follow us at blackburn.senate.gov. You can follow us online at Marsha Blackburn. And I think it is really important to, to send people good information so that they are seeing exactly what is happening. Yeah. And by the way, folks watching, uh, if you click on the I volunteer link right there in the link of this Facebook Live, you can make your voice heard, as Senator Blackburn was just saying. It only takes about 45 to 50 seconds. You, you log in your, an email address and a, and a zip code. That's literally all there is and your name. Uh, and it lets you make your voice heard to your two United States senators. And you may be thinking, hey, you know, I'm in Tennessee. I've got two great senators who are doing the right thing. They don't need to hear from me. They, they actually do. Yeah. It's good for them to hear from folks that, hey, Senator, thank you for fighting the good fight. We got your back. Or you may be thinking that, well, my two senators, they're liberal. They're, they're not going to go with us on this. They need to hear from you, too, because they need to understand that there is a genuine cost to them back home with the folks back home. If they do something as irresponsible, as bad for the country, as partisan, frankly, that's all it is, rank partisanship and service of an extreme ideology, they need to hear from you. So make your voice heard. Click that I volunteer link. And by the way, Senator Blackburn mentions Twitter. She is one of the best follows on Twitter with her comments. I can tell it's you, Senator, with that. You don't have some staffer doing it. It's your voice uh, talking about the issues of the day. So uh, if, if you haven't followed Senator Blackburn, do so. But for we mentioned this filibuster. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and the first thing they're going to bring up is HR1, which will be nothing less than the nationalization, the federalization of our elections. You know, if you're in a state with, with elections that are well put together and clean like Tennessee or like Florida, uh, you're gonna, that's going to be replaced from Washington by a model that looks like California or New York. It'll be a disaster for honest and fair elections in this country. And already they've signaled, uh, Senator, that it looks like that's going to be the first move they make with trying to gut, gut the filibuster. Can you explain to folks a little bit about H.R. 1 and, and, and why it's such a disastrous direction for our country? Oh, yes, it would federalize elections. So we believe this bill is clearly unconstitutional because you have provisions in both Article 1 and Article 2 that clearly give this authority to the state legislatures. And we all know that the state cannot, uh, the federal government cannot override the state in their election results. Now, we actually have a little incident playing out right now. We have a Republican woman, Dr. Miller Meeks from Iowa, who won her election won all the recounts. It was very close. Six votes is what separated winner and loser. And the Iowa courts have signed off on this. Well, what did the Democrats want to do? The Democrat who lost has brought this to the House Admin Committee and is having them decide who won this race. So you have the federal government trying to step in and override the state and override the voters of Iowa. So you don't want to federalize election. Here are some things that would happen if they did this. Mail-in voting to everybody on the voter rolls, getting a ballot, that would be institutionalized by the federal government. Removing the ability of your local election commission to scrub their list, that would be removed. They wouldn't be able to remove those that are deceased, remove those that are out of state. You also would see a weaponizing of the Federal Election Commission. This has been a bipartisan commission, evenly divided. What are they going to do? They're going to put more Democrats than Republicans on that election commission. You would also see money going into campaigns. So taxpayers would be put in the position of being forced to fund campaigns that they don't agree with. Because if you raise a dollar, then you could get the federal government to give you $6 for your campaign. Imagine that. Also for advocacy groups, you would have to disclose every dollar that you're raising and who that money is coming from for your advocacy campaigns. So these are all drastic changes that they're doing. Basically, your local election commission and your state election commission, they would take the authority away from them send it to DC. And right now, our state legislatures are getting ready to do redistricting. Guess what would happen there? They would say, no, no, state legislatures, 
you can't do that. We're going to take that authority away from you. And that authority is going to go to guess where? Washington, DC. So what this does is basically strip the state of their ability to run and manage or set time and place of their elections. Well, that uh, sounds like probably one of the worst pieces of legislation I think that we've heard of in quite some time. Yeah. Uh, we're hopeful that it will be stopped in the Senate. Uh, another question for you, Senator, I know we've got just a little bit of time left. I know we're launching another uh, healthcare campaign talking about the personal option and pushing back against this federalization or socialization of medicine. Um, would you care to talk about that? And do you think that any of the things, whether it's HSAs or any of the other items in there that we could pass on a bipartisan basis? Well, what they are trying to do is to take away your right to have access to the healthcare coverage, health insurance you want, as well as trying to make certain that everybody gets put into a government-run system. That's their goal. That was their goal with Obamacare, and they saw Obamacare as a good solid first step. But this crew that is running things now with the Biden administration, they are determined that they are going to have one-size-fits-all healthcare and take away your ability to have a relationship with your doctor. So you will see this push come along to do away with expanding health savings accounts, giving you the option to have whatever kind of health insurance you want. You want to have my work that I've done on a cross state line purchasing of health insurance that President Trump supported and we had the executive order that allowed people to sell across state lines. They would do away with every bit of that progress that is made toward personalized medicine and individual choice in healthcare. Yeah. Uh, Senator Blackburn, we touched on this for just a moment, but I, I wanna go back to it if we could. I, I mentioned how we're urging folks to reach out and contact their two United States senators and also their house member. Uh, I, I know I worked on the Hill many years ago uh, and I know back then uh, every member knew on a daily basis how many of their constituents were reaching out to them on individual issues and were they for it or against it. Can you give folks who are watching a, a sense of what it means uh, when there is an avalanche of grassroots, genuine passion on an issue from back home, the impact it has on your colleagues, both Republicans and Democrats. Could you give, because sometimes I wonder if folks think it matters, does it make a difference? Give, give folks uh, a sense of that if you would. Yes, it does make a difference. When you see those phones lighting up and people are calling about an issue, it does make a difference. Right now, we're hearing from a lot of people about HR1 and their concerns over the Democrats election bill and uh, losing their rights to run their elections in their local communities. Uh, we're also hearing a lot about the Equality Act. People are calling in on that because they do not want biological males competing with females in sports or men being able to get into and being housed in a female prison. 
or a female domestic abuse shelter. Uh, they're also very concerned, Tim, about taxes and what we're going to see in the next piece of legislation that is going to be an increase on the gas tax or an increase on the, the small business tax or cap gains tax or escalation of personal uh, rates in tax legislation. Yeah. Uh, Tori, why don't you ask the last question and we'll let the Senator go after that. Go right ahead. Well, I know that we're very much pushing up on time, Senator, so uh, I'll just leave the floor open for you. What is uh, the one thing, the parting gift for our grassroots folks that are joining us today, what's the one thing that you would tell them to do to really make a difference in what happens at the federal level? One of the things that they need to be doing is getting good information from us, education uh, that we are doing. Forward that to your friends and neighbors because they just, they may not know. You know, when we talk about voter fraud, they probably, if they've been watching CNN, they don't realize how acute the problems were in states like Georgia and Arizona Wisconsin, Nevada, and so we need them to send us information that we are putting out online, that we're putting on Facebook or our weekly newsletter at blackburn.senate.gov or things that we're putting on Twitter. So share that information. Let people know what is actually going on. We've had a lot of activity on our website uh, this week because I went to the southern border, I went to Arizona last weekend and saw firsthand what is happening there. So, you know, let's be sure we send that to people. If they're watching mainstream media, they're not getting it. They think that everything is fine and that Joe Biden is a moderate. And we know that that is not true. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Senator Marsha Blackman, one of our favorite senators, thank you for the, the vim and vigor and the fight that you display daily in the Senate, very much so. And ladies and gentlemen, it's a big moment for the country. There are just, there are inflection points in a nation's history that are just bigger than others. And we're at one right now. Get involved. You know, in a few years, when we push through these challenges and we're more free and more prosperous than ever, Make sure that you can look back and say, I did everything I could do to protect freedom and prosperity in this great country of ours. Thank you for what you do with Americans for Prosperity. Uh, for Tori Venable, for James in Tennessee, I'm Tim Phillips. Thank you guys very much. Thanks.